Kutik is delighted to welcome Associate Professor Sir Andreas Schibler to the podcast, who will be giving us some insight into NAVA. Andreas is an intensivist and the head of the Paediatric Critical Care Research Group at the Marta Children's Hospital. Andreas, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, Andreas, there's been a lot of uh, literature into ventilator strategies, along with emergence of, of relatively new technologies. Uh, one which uh, arguably has the potential to transform invasive ventilation and non-invasive ventilation is newly adjusted uh, ventilator assist, or NAVA. Andreas, can you start off by explaining to us what is NAVA? All right. Uh, LAVA is uh, based on the principle that we measure the electric activity of the diaphragm to trigger the ventilator. Uh, this goes back basically on the assumption that the synchrony of ventilation uh, should be triggered with the sensor of control of breathing within the brain. But since we can't access, obviously, the brainstem uh, and the midbrain to uh, trigger and synchronize the ventilation, uh, researcher looked into finding the phrenic nerve activity or, uh, as we speak, uh, the diaphragmatic electric activity. And what they then developed uh, almost uh, 20 years ago is a probe being um, placed into the esophagus and uh, just at the level of the uh, junction of the esophagus to the uh, stomach uh, will detect a very tiny signal uh, which represents basically the innovation and electric activity of the diaphragm. Uh, technically, the electrical activity of the heart, the ECG, needs to be filtered out of this signal. And once this uh, filtering process has been uh, done, we can detect a signal that represents basically a signal that is proportional to the electric activity of the diaphragm. This signal is then used to uh, use, uh, is, is used to trigger and synchronize the ventilator or the pressure support that's been given by the ventilator. Okay, so Andreas, it, it sounds like most patients would, would benefit from a synchronized ventilation system to what, to what you describe. Are there specific indications or advantages to using NAVA over conventional ventilation? So one, one of the, mm. the big advantages is uh, that uh, problems with leak and uh, flow pattern changes or whatever mm. they need to be detected to mm. synchronize the triggering of the ventilator mm. Uh, are actually bypassed because the electrical signal of the diaphragm is independent of the leak and uh, so you can have a big leak around the endotracheal tube if the, you're using a non-cuffed tube or you can't uh, seal the endotracheal uh, tube with a cuff or then even in non-invasive ventilation especially we have a lot of leaks around the mask and then the ventilator struggles, basically, is it the patient's own effort or is it the leak? And the NAVA signal or the diaphragmatic signal, the EDI signal, what uh, we're calling it mm. like, is uh, completely independent from a leak and uh, makes it much easier to trigger and synchronize. Okay. So I guess on the, on the flip side, if that's the case, are there any disadvantages or contraindications to using NAVA? Uh, yeah, I mean, one obvious uh, uh, not contraindication, but uh, there's no use of NAVA in a paralyzed patient because there's no diaphragmatic activity. So it is uh, for patient they can trigger, and contraindication in, in such as uh, explicit uh, sense there's actually none. You, uh, mm -hmm. you need to be able to place a probe down the esophagus, obviously mm -hmm. a patent esophagus, uh, but otherwise uh, there's no absolute contraindication to use it. 
we need to know that there are some limits. Not all of the patients uh, do have a nice diaphragmatic signal, or you can capture a nice diaphragmatic signal. And the literature talks about 80% only of the breaths are captured with the NAVA probe. Uh, so there's still some technical issues there uh, that haven't made the, the technology yet perfect to be used in all the patients. So, Andreas, you mentioned this catheter that goes down the esophagus and measures the electrical activity of, of the diaphragm or its excitation. Um, can, can you give us some insight into those of us who haven't really used much NAVA? How, how do you interpret the level displayed on the, on, the, on the output of the EDI? Okay. So, with any signal, you get this signal displayed in a, in a number. Uh, the probe gives you, in microvolts, the electric activity of the diaphragm. And now you can imagine that if you're uh, taking a big breath or a small breath, the signal is going to be much larger. Uh, let's say a big breath normally shows roughly with a signal going up to 50, 80 microvolts. Uh, a normal tidal breath is probably sitting between 10 and 20 microvolts. So what you're trying to achieve is now uh, that if a patient shows uh, big NAMA signals, then obviously the patient is uh, doing a lot of work of breathing. Uh, maybe airway obstruction or uh, lung disease. And now you want to support the patient proportionally to that signal. That means uh, the signal is displayed on the ventilator, and then you have the so-called NAVA support uh, knob on the, uh, on the ventilator, which is called NAVA level. And the NAVA level is nothing else than you multiply the voltage that the uh, probe has measured by a factor of pressure and it's very simple if you dial up a NAVA level of one then every microvolt measured will be supported by one centimeter of pressure mm -hmm. so let's see if the NAVA level goes and swings around 10 to 20 you will get a pressure support of 10 to 20 mm. and now it's up to the operator to charge if the patient will benefit or not benefit from that much pressure support by looking at uh, parameters like the work of breathing, uh, entitled CO2 or arterial CO2 measurements. So with that in mind, if, you, if we have a patient who's established on NAVA invasive ventilation, uh, do you have a, a specific method for weaning their support? Uh, yeah, okay. So, so when you put someone on, uh, you increase initially the NAVA level up to the point where your normal diaphragmatic signal is uh, fluctuating between 10 and 20 microvolts. So that's when you are established. Mm. And when the NAVA signal is uh, starting to drop below 10 and swings around 5 to 10, that's when you certainly can decrease the NAVA level. Uh, let's say you started at 2, you can come down uh, on the NAVA level and let the NAVA signal uh, sit around 10 to 20. And so you, you tweak, tweak, tweak down your NAVA level till... Uh, you're basically sitting at zero, and once it's zero, you're not offering any support at all. Mm. Okay. That's really interesting. Uh, um, some of the recent uh, literature has been uh, or has suggested that NAVA may be uh, protective for acute lung injury. Uh, do you have any experience with this? Uh, again, going back to the last probably 10, 15 years, mm. uh, especially Bela Suki from uh, Boston, and uh, his colleagues, they have shown that variable ventilation or so-called fractal ventilation 
improve significantly uh, the oxygenation of patients with an ARDS. And the just current literature in the critical care medicine journals as well have shown that uh, so-called variable ventilation improves uh, lung function and, and uh, gas exchange. Uh, nothing new to the intensivists because we always wanted to have the patient spontaneously breathing. Mm. But the biggest problem that we have was synchronization and comfort uh, of the patient. And NAVA certainly is a, a good mode to support the patient whilst uh, breathing spontaneously and synchronizing well with the patient. Okay. We talked about a lot of invasive ventilation of NAVA. Um, there's also a lot of use with non-invasive ventilation of NAVA. Uh, in your experience, do you think that using this modality has led to less uh, intubations with a good outcome? Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily yet support that argument mm -hmm. uh, with numbers and, and research. Uh, however, in my own experience, uh, I uh, we, we've just used NAVA now probably for the last uh, eight months uh, for non-invasive ventilation and it has completely changed the way we approach non-invasive ventilation with less sedation, with much more comfort for the patient and much easier use of the mask as an interface because the leak uh, that used to be a huge problem with the triggering is not that important anymore. Uh, so you don't have to fit the mask so tightly on the patient's face that it's much easier to use. Okay. So, so the, the mask face uh, interface is less of a, an issue than with conventional non-invasive ventilation? Yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, you mentioned in your department, NAVA has been in use for, for a little under a year. Um, can you just give us some insight into, into which cases you may use NAVA in your department? Okay, the main, main use of NAVA are patients with respiratory disease or mm -hmm. underlying respiratory disease. Uh, these are the patients uh, that uh, have, for instance, a bronchiolitic illness, uh, small babies with RSVA uh, bronchiolitis. Mm -hmm. But then as well, patients post-extubation uh, struggling mm -hmm. uh, with stride or, or just borderline respiratory function, as well in cardiac patients uh, where non-invasive ventilation is certainly a... a, a an inotrope and uh, non-invasive ventilation are very uh, good support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andreas, if, if people are interested in reading a little more about this technology, do you have any uh, specific suggestions as, suggestions as to where they might start? Uh, the, I mean, if you go into mm. the PubMed and literature, NAVA as a keyword mm -hmm. uh, is uh, widely spread. So. Uh, that's, that's certainly a key mm. element uh, or keyword to mm. be looked for. Electric diaphragmatic activity. And there is a, a lot of novel literature, and quite interestingly as well in newborns, mm. uh, where uh, the Swedish group has initiated basically their research. Uh, NAVA for non-invasive ventilation is almost a blank sheet. So everyone who wants to do research, that's where you need to go to. Andreas, thank you very much for clearing up some of the unknowns with this interesting uh, technology, which uh, I have no doubt we'll see some more emergence of this, uh, of this feature in our units in the quite near future. Um, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, the podcast, along with associated material, can be found on our website. Check it out at www.crit-iq.com.au.